You're listening to the Co-Creator Network. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt. Director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and I would like to begin today by calling in the ancestors. And today, with um, our guests joining us, we, we span the globe. And so I would like to call in the ancestors today with each one of us listening, hearing me calling in our ancestors. We are one family of humanity, and I call in our ancestors. I call in all of those who have gone before us, all of those who bring that which is good and true and beautiful in our family lines to us, that we might learn from those who have gone before us, that we might do things differently where they weren't done well and that we might draw the wisdom and the teachings and the blessings forward. So I call out to those ancestors to be with us here today, those ancestors through whom we connect back to the original people as one family. And I call out to them to circle around us here today and to hold us well. No matter what time or place you listen, know you are held well by these ancestors as we call them in. And I call out to that great and beautiful ancestor, the earth, the planet herself. And I call out to her in deep and unfathomable gratitude for the wonder of her dreaming that brought life as we know it to the face of this planet that we might share it here today. I give thanks to the earth for place, for home for a place to stand for what I believe in and what I know is true and good in my heart. I give thanks to the earth for belonging, for interconnectedness, and the oneness that binds us all to all living things. I give thanks for the earth, for the amazing, complex, beautiful dream of this web of life. And I ask the earth to help each one of us today to be part of that web, in a way that brings life and joy and love to all parts of the web. And as we stand firm on this earth with the ancestors gathered round one family, let us reach up, up through the sky, be it night or day, up through the atmosphere and out into the cosmos to the great wonders of our universe, all the way to the highest power of that sky energy. By whatever name you call it, in the many languages of the peoples of earth, by whatever name you call this energy, call it down. Call it into your mind, into your heart, into your belly, into the circle of our conversation here today to bring us generosity and blessing, to bring us the benevolence of our universe, the wisdom of our universe, and to bring us protection that we might allow ourselves to be vulnerable today, to hear what we need to hear to say what we need to say, and to open ourselves to that co-creative experience with spirit. We ask for that protection from the energies above, 
We ask for that energy to come down, to connect with the earth, and in that great love affair of the sky and the earth that birthed all life as we know it into existence, we stand in that big love of these big energies and call out to the energy of our own hearts. We ask the heart to show up here today to bring its special medicine, that cauldron of creation in the heart that can hold the fiery passions of your reason for being here and merge that energy with the brilliant clarity of your mind, your own inspiration, your own sense of understanding. How can I do what I've come here to do now, today, in this world that I have chosen to live in? So we ask the energy of the heart to show up, to open, to hold the passions of the belly and the clarity of the mind and come together for us today that we might know why we are here and that we might do something today to bring those gifts into manifestation. So for these energies gathered round, the earth below, the sky above, and the heart that holds it all here in the middle, connecting everything, I give great thanks. I give thanks to Sherwood for his generous uh, contribution to the show, to Louisa and David and all others who have given this week that keep the show on the air. Every single dollar, euro, Deutschmark, whatever, whatever you share your currency in, every single ounce of it goes to keeping the show on air. And we are deeply grateful because this show is free for all those who can gain access to a computer. And so we give thanks to those of you that help me make this possible for our family, for our family to know our true inheritance, which is shamanism and our ability as human beings to be connected to the spirit world, to inform our choices in life, to support us in life and to help us to know how to be here in a good way with all living things. So I give thanks to all of you. If you've been moved by this show or any of these shows, please allow that movement in your heart to translate into action. It's very easy to donate. You just go to whyshamanismnow.com, click the support button, and you are welcome to donate any amount that you choose to, large or small. Every single bit of it we are deeply grateful for. And today we have a guest. This is an SSP, Society of Shamanic Practitioners, sponsored interview show. And today our guest is Jonathan Horwitz. Welcome, Jonathan. Thank you. Thank you, Christina. So Jonathan is in his evening in his cabin in southern Sweden speaking to us here today. And we um, thank you for staying up so you could (laughs) talk with us today. Not that late. (laughs) Not that late. Okay. So for those of you that don't know, um, Jonathan is now regarded as an elder in the resurgence of shamanism in Europe and Scandinavia. He is um, co-founder, I'm not quite sure what word, I think that's appropriate, isn't it, Jonathan? Co-founder of the Scandinavian Center. Yeah, Yeah. of shamanic studies with Annette Host. Host? Not quite sure I'm ever saying. Host. There we go. And... uh, and Jonathan was the plenary speaker at the 2010 Society of Shamanic Practitioners Conference in the UK, and it was lovely. And he's currently, um, as we said, in his home in southern Sweden with his sweetheart Zara. And Jonathan has a long uh, path getting to that lovely cabin in the woods. Um, but for those of you that are looking for him in the internet world, um, you can find uh, the Scandinavian Center for Shamanic Studies at shamanism.dk D is in dog K is in mm, Ken 
<laughs> so shamanism.dk and also is your is it asbaca.org available? Uh, it's uh, that site is not quite up yet but it should be very soon and that is asbaca.org right so A-S-B-A-C-K-A. People... .org thank you Jonathan and um the show is live, as we said, and you can um, access us in all the usual ways. You can call in at 512-772-1938. If you're listening from the co-creator site live, you're welcome to just click that Skype button and Skype in. And you are also welcome to email me at Christina at lastmaskcenter.org, and I would be happy uh, to read your questions for Jonathan on the air. So without further ado, Jonathan, here we go. Um, As you reflect back on your life, um, what do you feel now in retrospect are the the truly pivotal pivotal moments that brought you to the man that you are today? Gosh, that's a, that's a, (laughs) how many hours do we have? Uh, (laughs) One, (laughs) for now. Uh, I, the, a lot of different things happened, and they all seemed to uh, work together. And uh, I think uh, um, a lot of it was actually uh, what I regarded as uh, a, a terrible thing when it first happened, uh, and that was uh, when I got sent to Vietnam. And um, in, in, in retrospect, I think it was... Uh, in fact, I know it was an incredibly formative experience for me and uh, drove me uh, to make the decision when I came out of uh, the Army to, to go to university and, and study. And I chose to study anthropology. And uh, the reason I decided to study anthropology was that uh, I felt that uh, people living in non-Western cultures uh, knew something, know something, which we have forgotten uh, in the West. And I wanted to find out what that was. And uh, thankfully, I was naive enough to think that I could find that if I went to university. And uh, then a, a very fortuitous thing happened uh, only two months before I got my master's degree was that uh, I read an article about shamanism written by a Canadian anthropologist called Don Handelman, and he was he was talking about a Washoe Indian shaman named uh, Henry Rupert. And uh, I read this and... It just uh, made the hair on my arms and on the back of my neck stand up. And uh, I'd read about uh, shamanism before, but there was just something about the way um, Don wrote about Henry Rupert that uh, really opened a door for me. And so then uh, I went on to do a lot of research about shamanism, and, and that was it. And uh, then 10 years later or so, uh, maybe it was only nine years later, but anyway, uh, my 
ex-wife uh, sent me a copy of Michael Harner's book, The Way of the Shaman. And uh, I had uh, known Michael when I was a student in New York, and we used to have a lot of good times together. Because uh, I knew him socially, he wasn't ever uh, my professor. But uh, I read this book, and, and uh, it had a similar effect on me the way Don Handelman's article had. And uh, I got a hold of Michael again. By this time, I was living in Denmark. And um, next time I visited New York, I visited Michael. And I went on a weekend workshop with him. And what happened was that uh, in the course of those three days, everything I had been doing in the 10 years since I got my master's degree, it all fell into place. Uh, because on that weekend, uh, I learned how to contact the spirits, uh, and uh, a relationship was formed there, and that was what really changed my life in a very, very deep way. And then shortly after that, Michael invited me to teach together with him and uh, Sandra Ingerman in what was then the Center for Shamanic Studies. And uh, I did that for eight years. So those were very much the major events. But the, the, the major event, of course, was forming relationships with my spirit helpers. And, and they've been my wonderful teachers and guides and friends and accomplices uh, <laughs> in, in the years since. So, so I, I guess Jonathan, uh, that's why don't in we, a nutshell. Yeah. yeah, why don't we go from there right into one of the deep understandings that I really appreciated um, coming from you as you were speaking each morning at the conference in the UK, which has to do with your relationship with your helping spirits, which is why don't you share with us, if you would please, that your understanding you have now about power. I mean, you were, you know, a regular contemporary guy who even went off to war. And so your, your understanding of power now is very, very different than the typical person. Could you, could you share that with us? Well, yeah. Um, it's, you know, um, Michael uh, named... Uh, his book, the, the Way of the Shaman, A Guide to Power and Healing. And uh, in the years that I've been teaching, uh, right in the beginning, I, I noticed that uh, a lot of people are, well, um, afraid of the word power. And uh, this has caused me to uh, investigate uh, that concept rather deeply. And in fact, uh, a, f a few years ago, one of my spirit teachers told me that he wanted me to start uh, teaching a course or leading a retreat or however you want to call it, called Shamanism, Peace and Power. So um, in, in Scandinavia and the other countries that uh, have Germanic languages, uh, there, are, there are two words for power, and one is uh, kraft, and the other is macht. 
and craft. Uh, of course, we have this word uh, in English, craft, um, which uh, refers to an ability, uh, you know, like the, the craft of the weaver, for example. And, um, but craft really translates very nicely to uh, the English word energy. And uh, Macht, which also means power, also translates very neatly to the English language word might. Now, if you just uh, think about these two words for a moment, uh, energy and might, the okay, you can definitely see the relationship. Uh, but uh, might is generally the kind of power that you use to control with. And uh, energy is the kind of power that you use to uh, illuminate with or to lift up with. And so uh, when, you, when you consider these things, you can then begin to consider, well, what is it that you want? How do you want to express yourself uh, in your life or in, on your spiritual path? Uh, do, you, do you want to do it in a, in a forceful and controlling kind of way? Or do you want to do it in an uplifting and illuminating kind of way? And uh, it, it all sounds very easy when, when, when I break it down like that uh, and, and put it into those two simple terms. But in, in, in fact, uh, in practice, it's very difficult. And, uh, and this is why shamans are often feared in their own uh, culture groups, in their own societies, because... Uh, uh, so-called normal people, whatever that means, uh, they look at shamans and say, well, if, if she has the power to heal, then she must also have the power to kill. Right? And, uh, and I suppose it's true, uh, except for the fact that, that most shamans, um, and I think especially in, in our time, in the in the uh, shamanic revival, as I sometimes refer to it. Um, in our times, most people don't want to go around hurting other people and especially using their spiritual path to hurt other people. However, um, I think as uh, French philosopher Montesquieu, he had this very uh, pithy saying, which was uh, that uh, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And what this means is that you really have to be on your toes all the time. Because, in fact, there, there is no real, I don't think there is anyway, dividing line between uh, energy and might. Um, they're all part of the, the power stew, should we say. And uh, if somebody comes to you and they have, you know, a really serious issue that they want to work with, for example, maybe they have a health issue where they are seriously ill and, and they, they want to have a healing, 
and uh, you you have a feeling, gosh, I'm going to have to really call all my helpers, and we're going to have to really do a show here. And if you feel that your toe is getting close to crossing the border between uh, energy and might, the chances are your toe is going to cross that border. And, and then what happens? And uh, these are only things that experience can tell you and uh, your spirits can lead you into and hopefully safely through. Well, this is an important, um, well, it's an important issue, period, for vast reasons. <laughs> but it's an important issue also shamanically because I hear, especially with some of the newer students, I hear this idea that they've picked up somewhere that, you know, that, that, that somehow their helping spirits are monitoring them. And if they, you know, anyone who behaves badly, the helping spirits will abandon. And, and if that were true, then we would have no explanation for sorcery in the world. And it clearly exists. And, you know, Mm. so I think that, that this, this idea about power is maybe more challenging for people to understand, but, probably closer to a real understanding of how power operates, at least in our human experience. I I don't necessarily see the um, helping spirits in a judgmental role in our lives as to whether or not we are at that line or whether we should cross that line. (laughs) I mean, my sense of them is they are simply power and that line is ours to mediate. I, I I would agree with you absolutely on that, uh, Christina. Um, I I have I have found that uh, <laughs> my teachers and and helpers uh, they're no, <laughs> only too willing to allow me to put my foot in it, so to speak. And, oh yeah. Uh, you I know, feel like sometimes it, they're looking at me going, well, sure, if you want to learn it that way, that's the hardest way possible, but you go right ahead. <laughs> that's it. That's it, exactly. And uh, it is the hardest way possible. And um, so, that, but that's the way to learn sometimes. And Absolutely. sometimes some of us are a little slow and, and we have to put our foot in it three or four times before we finally get the idea. So you know, uh, my things- my feeling is that if people want to play with the spirits, the spirits are only too happy to play, but yeah. they know the rules, and and I don't. They know the games, and they're they they know how to uh, do these things and watch us uh, as we step off the edge of the cliff. Well, and there are an awful lot of practitioners, particularly in America at least, who um, it's kind of kind of like the thought that, well, journeying is enough, that I just get to continue to see the world exactly as I see it and just ask the helping spirits to help me with that versus what you just said, which is maybe I should go to the helping spirits and actually learn what's going on <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, and then uh, decide what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Well, the, you know, uh, basically, as far as journeying is concerned, uh, I, f- I feel there are basically two kinds of, of journeys to do. And one is, is the asking for help in the form of power, right? 
help me to do my homework, you know, or help me to, you know, find a better job or da-da-da, like that. Um, and the other is to ask for information, to ask for a teaching. Mm -hmm. And uh, for me, uh, I, f I find that if, if I look at uh, my own pattern, if I'm in too much going after either one or the other, then I, I realize, okay, uh, time to get back to uh, the center here and, and balance things out. And uh, I've, I've noticed with uh, some of my students that they really get caught up in asking for help all the time. And so then I always encourage them to say, no, wait a minute, you're about to ask for, for help on this issue. Why don't you ask about your involvement in that issue? Right? And then, you know, they get a slightly uncomfortable expression on their face. And they say, go ahead, go ahead. They're not going to hurt you. They're going to tell you what you have to do. And the, the idea there is uh, so that people actively take responsibility. Uh, on the other hand, uh, sometimes some people, they just want information all the time because they, they want to know, how, how can I do this myself? Well, they're not going to do it themselves anyway. Uh, they're they're going to get help, but you might as well ask for a portion of information and a portion of help to use that information at the same time. I, f I feel this is very often the way to go. You're reminding me of a, a funny story I haven't thought of in a long time. This was in the very kind of first couple years of my practice, and um, I was spending too much time in that asking for teachings and not quite enough time in the practicality of things. And I went in, you know, for one more teaching, the next level, whatever it was. And I remember the answer to my journey, they just literally said to me, do your taxes. And I spent so much time <laughs> trying to figure out what that meant as a metaphor. <laughs> and then I finally realized they meant, shut up, sit down, do your taxes. <laughs> like, for yeah. real. You know, because there was yeah. a stack of ordinary reality responsibilities that were just stacking up and I wasn't just doing the obvious. And I, I, I don't know, I just thought that was funny. <laughs> yes, that's, that's pretty much exactly what I'm talking about. And, uh, you know, uh, another thing that I've noticed is that uh, a lot of people, after they've taken the journey, they forget all about the teachings, they forget all about the journey, they just sort of have this been there, done that attitude. Mm -hmm. And uh, then... They come to me and say, you know, I go to my spirits and they're turning their back on me. I say, are you doing your homework? They say, what do you mean? I said, are, are you actually following their advice? Oh, oh no, I hadn't thought of that, you know, and so that's a part of it too. They want you know, it's you, such a relief for me to, to hear change. you say that. Excuse because me? so many, it's a relief for me to hear you say that because... I talk about that with my students all the time, and and I even see other other teachers and practitioners that don't understand that that we can get out of balance with our helping spirits, uh, you know, in not in right relationship because we're asking, 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 but we're not allowing that answer to move through us into action in the world. It's a problem. That's right. It is a problem, and I, I feel that very often. Uh, uh, I feel that all the time, in fact, that this is really 
what our spirit helpers want us to do is, is to practice what they are showing us, teaching us, and giving us the power to do. And a lot of times people say, oh, well, I, I can't possibly do that. And uh, I say, well, you know, didn't they say that you could do that? Didn't they say that you, you actually should do that? Well, yes, they did, but I can't. I said, why not? And they say, I don't have the power. And then I say, if your spirits told you to do it, you've got the power to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, or, or journey and ask. Okay, great answer. Um, scared to death. So how do I do it? What's the first three steps? You know, I mean, that whole, they're here. Uh, yeah, they're here to help. And yeah. we need to be willing to just continually co-create that experience and know that ultimately we are the only ones that can act. Right, right. Well, every once in a while, uh, there are these uh, miracles manifested, you know. But mm-hmm. uh, in fact, the, 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 I like to say that the shaman is the servant of the spirits and also the servant of the uh, society she or he happens mm-hmm. to be living in. And uh, the spirits expect us to do this. And mm-hmm. um, after we we do it, after we do our homework, then the people, the ordinary reality, physical world people, they start to understand and they they too start to expect us to do it. Mm-hmm. So, really Jonathan, a, there's you have yeah. a beautiful story that I wanted to shift to about power, just a kind of another aspect here about power because it's fascinating. You wrote um, in Sacred Hoop, in a, one of the many articles about a woman, a healing you did on a woman with colitis, and the oh, yeah. your helping spirit showed you this huge snake coiled in her <laughs> body, right? And 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 this and the answer was, well, this is her power animal. And at the time, you were kind of like, oh, huh? You know, why is the woman's power animal the source of her sickness? And, yeah, and you know, and yeah. speaking of miracles, this ended up being a fairly miraculous healing for her. Um, it was, yeah. But this was an interesting moment in your own understanding about power and our helping spirits. Yeah, it, it really, it really was, and and uh, it it was, in fact, as you say, uh, the spirit showed me this, you know, super giant anaconda-like snake about thirty yards long and about. A yard and a half thick, and and there it was, right in, inside of her. And uh, and uh, my instructions were to remove it and uh, and put it into this rather small piece of amber that I I carried around in my pocket at the time, and and give it to her. And and they said, yes, this is her power animal, and it's making her sick. And I said, well, how is it making her sick if it's her power animal? And and they said it's because she doesn't recognize it, and it's it's falling asleep and going into this lethargy uh, inside of her. She's not recognizing her power, and that's what's making her sick. And uh, it really was, uh, as you say, uh, a brand new insight for me, which is one of the reasons why I I really love doing shamanic healing work because. 
Every time I do, I learn something new. And uh, in this case, uh, it was this very deep lesson about not using your power can make you ill. And uh, the moment uh, I removed the snake from her and put it in this pebble, the amber pebble, and gave it to her, her bleeding stopped at that very moment. And uh, she didn't tell me at that very moment, but three months later I got a letter from her where she told me. And it was, it was, there's a little bit more to that story, which is also pretty good. It was another lesson for me, um, because my healing teacher told me to tell her uh, that it is, was time for her to find her spiritual path. And, you know, I hate to deliver messages like that. It sounds so holier than thou. And uh, I just said, oh, come on, give me a break. And she said, no, you have to tell her. I said, oh, yeah, but I don't want to tell her. It sounds so, no, tell her, you have to tell her. So I told her. And, uh, and she looked at me a little bit cross-eyed and smiled politely, you know, and uh, we let her go at that. But in this letter that she wrote me three months later, she, she herself, her, her parents were from India, and she went to on holiday with her parents to visit her uncle, who was a, a guru for the Indian colony in Uganda, of all places. And she, told, she wrote to me and she said, the moment my uncle saw me, he said, it is time for you to find your spiritual path. <laughs> and uh, this was just such uh, an overwhelming synchronicity. You know, it really told me uh, the importance of passing on the words of the spirits, you know, and trusting them. They know what they're talking about. Even though it puts me in an uncomfortable situation, just trust yeah, yeah. So, along with this uh, issue of trust, let's talk about trust. <laughs> that this ah. is another element in 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 a working relationship with spirit that is critically important, but also it's very challenging. Um, so, what do you what do you share with people when you're teaching about this element in in our relationship with our helping spirits and our life? I guess basically with shamanism. Right. Well, you know, in, in, in the beginning, I think it's very difficult, uh, you know, when people first uh, uh, learn uh, how to journey, how to meet their spirits and, and, and start to come into their shamanic practice. Uh, there's a, a very big element, I think, in, in all of us, unless we have some just absolutely overwhelming experiences right in the beginning, which some people do. Uh, to wonder, am I making all of this up, right? And uh, uh, so what I, I generally say to people at, at that point in their shamanic career is that uh, you, you have two choices, basically, in any uh, given situation. And the, the, the two choices are to uh, be uh, to receive the power 
or not to receive the power. To be empowered or not to be empowered. And uh, so when they have an experience on their journey or in any of their meetings with the spirits, no matter how it happens, uh, they can either take the power of the situation to themselves or not. And by thinking that it's just my imagination, this is a very good way of dismissing the power. By thinking, okay, my teacher told me this, I'm going to try it out. This is an empowering response. So what most people experience is that if they decide, if they make a conscious decision to decide to receive the power, then for some strange reason, after a very short period of time, they start to feel more powerful. They start to have more energy. They start to experience that they're able to do things which before they did not feel that they would be able to do. Um, I have another little uh, angle about power also, uh, which I generally don't introduce in, in the early point of people's uh, shamanic practice, but later on. And that is to th uh, think of trust as there are two kinds of trust. There's trust with a capital T and trust with a small t. And small t trust is when you think everything's going to be all right. Capital T trust, big T trust, is when you look at a situation, no matter how terrible it might appear to be at that moment, and think everything is all right. Uh, when I got my orders to go to Vietnam, when I was uh, 23 years old, I had <laughs> no idea at all that this was going to be all right. And of course, uh, it's very difficult to say to somebody whose uh, brother or, or son or husband is, is killed in war, that it is all right that this happened. Uh, we have to accept that whatever happens does happen. But also to remember that this is not the end of the line. Something is going to happen again and again and again and again. And uh, when, when I was over there, uh, I was always asking me what, what, myself, I said, what, what, did, what did I do to get here? Why me? Why me? Why me? The famous why me question. And uh, I, I, I returned to Vietnam years later, 33 years after I left, I returned almost to the day. And I spent a month in Vietnam, and I traveled around with a, a Buddhist monk for two weeks and had some wonderful experiences, which really were also very life-changing and very affirming of my shamanic practice also. And when I 
was getting ready to return to Denmark after being there for a month, I realized why I had been sent there in the first place. And the reason I'd been sent there in the first place was so that I could come back. So, yeah. So, Jonathan. That's, that's trust with this, a big T and little T. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm, I was listening to your story and thinking about trust and also thinking about um, surrender. In, in addition to all of this, um, because these are, they're kind of like the big three. <laughs> and often I find that, that um, well, they're not things that a lot of Americans think about very deeply in the first place. So they get into shamanism, they start working with their helping spirits, they're challenged by these things. And there's often the question, what's the difference between trust and surrender? Mm. Hmm. Well, uh, actually, uh, I I don't know if they're they're Siamese twins, but they're sure sweethearts, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, yeah. They they're really walking hand in hand, and uh, uh, people don't want to surrender. Uh, people look at surrender as uh, giving up, but. Uh, I guess you know. Again, we come back to the uh, the uh, Macht and Kraft thing, uh, the the uh, energy and might. If you surrender to might, uh, you get steamrolled. And and of course, this is something that is very difficult to um, accept. Something very difficult to do. If you surrender to energy, you become filled with energy. Right? Uh, if you surrender to power, uh, you become filled with power. And then you have to learn how to with the power. And, and this is, this is uh, really, I think, the, the highest form of education. Some people fail miserably. I think that uh, most politicians uh, <laughs> fail miserably. But uh, other people uh, take this on as a challenge about surrendering to power so that they can really experience power to the, to the, the very center of their soul, the very center of their being. And... When you do this, and I guess it's an ongoing education because I, I keep learning all the time. And uh, maybe, maybe uh, as I'm letting go of my last breath, I'll finally uh, feel I learned it. I hope so. Yeah, I, I, um, the, the surrender is such an interesting aspect of a shamanic practice in that it is it, there's so much angst around it and yet it, in my experience what comes from having done it <laughs> is so um it, it's like watching a flower blossom 
I mean, it, it's just, it's that incredible gift of the true nature of something unfolding when we finally surrender to it. Um, it is amazing to me how hard we fight not to. Um, again and again, because like you said, we, we, the lesson keeps coming back around. Um, I don't know. <laughs> One thing I do think, though, in shamanism in particular, is I, I try often on this show in particular to try to help people understand the distinction between experiences in life that transform us, which are many if we engage in a shamanic path, certainly, and those that initiate us. And, and the kind of the fundamental difference between these. Um, and, I, and I think an aspect of it is surrender. That I, I see people engaged in the, the process that they're in as some kind of um, transformational process. And, but there's still this sense of control. I am in my process of learning to deal with my whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, versus... Um, a, a kind of I am in this process and I'm going to now let, sur- surrender to it in a sense and let it take me where it's mm-hmm. taking me and I don't necessarily even know what that is all I know is I need to trust my helping spirits act when it's time to act and you know be silent when it's time to be silent or something you know that that those are two they're two valuable ways to engage our relationship with spirit and they are different surrender changes everything absolutely and uh, you know I, I i was thinking about you know when you were talking about the the flower unfolding uh you know when you surrender uh the flower that uh, gets the chance to unfold uh that that flower is you you know, it's 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 so it's so wonderful, and uh, yeah, you know, it's 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 interesting because there there are you know some people I've heard people say uh, I don't uh, regret anything about my life, and uh, I always think, well, that's that's pretty good. Uh, un- unfortunately, I, I can't share that uh, sentiment because uh, I'm still stuck on a couple of things where <laughs> I had the opportunity to surrender, uh, where I had the opportunity to trust life, and uh, that old control came in, and uh, you know I'm I'm still sort of at the point where I I wished I hadn't have done that. But uh, in fact, uh, I can also see the other side of it, which is that that was what was meant to happen then. I was not Mm -hmm. ready to surrender to that situation at that time. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I couldn't have. That that was all there was to it. Uh, I was stuck in the control mode, okay? I was stuck in the control mode. And, uh, you know, I can always wish that I hadn't been... But uh, as my life unfolded, something else happened. Another step was taken, another direction, whatever, you know. And so, again, uh, when I come to trust, I look at those situations where one part of me 
does have a little bit of regret, when I bring trust into the equation, then I can see that was exactly the right thing to do at that time. So, uh, you know, it, it's, it's like the, the, the little birds in the nest, right? Uh, mama doesn't push them out of the nest until they're ready to fly, you know, or else they, you know, they don't fly. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so it is too. Uh, I see some people. They come out of the uh, introductory workshop, and uh, you know they, they think, "Oh wow, I can perform miracles. I can change the world." Da 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 da. And uh, it, it's always nice to see people with such an enthusiasm. But uh, I appreciate to see them the next time they they come to see me, and uh, they got their feet on the ground because. They know that, in fact, uh, the shaman is also a realist. And, and the, the job of the shaman is to bring the, the power from the spirit world to our physical world. And so uh, there's a, a time and a place for, for everything. And I think the, the, the worst thing is to trust because somebody says you have to trust and then so okay i'll trust i'll trust and then to experience disappointment and then never to trust again mm-hmm. right so uh it's it's interesting because you see so many different things happen to people uh in the course of uh, uh being a teacher yeah. Now I've been doing this for 25 years, and uh, I hope this winter to to really get into writing a book about what I have learned in these 25 years. Well, Jonathan, that sounds like a lovely segue. We have only a very few minutes left. Um, but there is a really beautiful way that you have come to talk about the shamanic path as a as a as a path for learning your three R's, and I was wondering oh, yeah. <laughs> if you could <laughs> could share uh, because I I also believe it's a way that people can can take away from our show here today a, a way personally to begin to engage with what we've been talking about. Um, so why don't you share with us your three R's? Why don't I share with us <laughs> the three R's? Well, let's see. Uh, there's the one of those R's was uh, about remembering that we are all filled with power. Wasn't that one of the R's? Something like that. Well, there's reconnect with being reconnect. alive. Yeah, and rediscover yeah. the spiritual and power we are all born with. That's These it. are so good. And relearn yeah. what it means to be part of the whole. That's right. These are and, excellent. Uh, yeah, they are. And uh, they just came bubbling out of my mouth one day when, when somebody asked me uh, what, what it was all about. And uh, I think that those three R's there, uh, they, they sit much better with me than reading, writing, and arithmetic, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I, th- I think uh, that, you know, it's, it's so important because uh, 
so often we do feel uh, disconnected. And I think the, the most important thing is, is to remember that uh, we are all a part of the whole. And uh, we are equally important to every other part of the whole. And if you want to say it, uh, equally unimportant. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's all right there. Um, the, yeah, it's, somebody asked me what, one time, in fact, it was on the very first uh, workshop I ever taught solo. I assisted uh, Michael Harner for a couple of years before I ever taught a, uh, a solo workshop. And um, somebody asked me on the very first workshop I taught solo, what are spirits? Hmm. And uh, uh, I, uh, I just, you know, was basically speechless. And I said, uh, ask me tomorrow. <laughs> so <laughs> I, <laughs> I went home after the workshop and uh, I... I'm, I went to my spirits and said, uh, you know, what are spirits? And they just laughed and laughed and laughed. They thought this was really funny. And uh, so then uh, they said, why do you want to know? And I said, well, of course, (laughs) somebody asked me, and I didn't know what to say. And they just, you know, of course they knew that was the answer. They just wanted to see if I was going to be honest. And uh, then... They said, you can tell them that we are bundles of the energy, bundles of the power of the universe. And we show ourselves to you in forms which you can understand. And I thought, oh, that sounds pretty good. So um, I went back the next day and everybody was very happy about that. And then I started to think about it. And, of course, it, it fits very well in with the animistic point of view uh, that everything that is is alive, everything that is is inspirited, and which for me is sort of common knowledge and experience, but is new for a lot of people. And, and then I thought about how about everybody, including me, and this also holds true for all of us. And here we all are, these, these bodies which age and change, but um, inside those bodies, it's, it's filled with spirit. And um, we're just manifesting in the way that we're manifesting right here and now. And so those three R's, they, 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 in a way, come from that uh, original definition that was given to me by the spirits, because they're, it's, it's all about the oneness, Christina. That's what it's all about. And there is no separation. I had this experience one time where I was going to meet two people that I hadn't seen for some years, and two of my very favorite people in this world. One of them is no longer in this world. And 
I was going to meet them, and I thought, wow, you know, like, these two people, I was rattling and calling my spirits to, you know, start the day off, and I couldn't help but think about them. I thought, why don't they just let go of all this control? And in that moment, my healing teacher stood before me, and she said, why don't you let go of your control? And... I, I was dumbfounded, and she reached forward, and she touched me on the chest, and it was like she unlocked a key, and it was like the suit of armor that I had been wearing all of my life fell down around my feet. And I experienced for four days the total lack of separation. It was very confusing for the first few hours, but after a while, I really, really learned something. And, and uh, what I learned was those three R's. Beautiful. Jonathan, we actually have a question. Isn't that Gosh, delightful? Okay. We have a question from someone listening. And uh, it's a good question. It goes back to surrender. And mm. so Peter's question is... Uh, asking you if you could talk about the difference between submission and surrender. And I, I think your story you just shared is, is an exquisite example of surrender mm. and how that brought you to, you know, being able to be in that state of no separation. So what's, help people understand then, what is the difference for you between submission and surrender? Yes, uh, that's pretty interesting. And uh, to tell you the truth, I've never really thought much about submission, although I have been put into uh, submissive uh, experiences. For example, when I got my draft notice, uh, I had to decide, uh, okay, do I go to jail or do I go into the army? And uh, at that time, there was no war in Vietnam. And I decided uh, I was going to uh, submit, uh, mm -hmm. relinquish what I felt was my power. And I guess that's for me, um, um, Peter, thank you for this question. I'm going to think about it some more, but right off the top of my head, I think that uh, sub submission is much more of an unwilling relinquishment of what one views as one's power. That's about as far as I can take it right now. <laughs> thank you, Jonathan. And Jonathan, our time is up. And so I just Gosh. thank you so much from my heart for joining us here today and bringing us your truly heartfelt understanding of shamanism from all the way around on the other side of the globe. Thank you. Thank you, Christina. It's been uh, wonderful talking with you. And uh, I look forward to the next time we meet. Absolutely. It's such a blessing. And I want to give thanks to the ancestors for gathering around us, for Jonathan's ancestors for dreaming him into existence for us that we might share his gifts here in the world today. We give thanks to the earth below our feet and the sky above and for the heart energy that unites us all. For those of you who want to find Jonathan in the internet world, he can be found at shamanism.dk. D is in dog, K as in Ken. I still can't think of a K animal. Anyway, um, you can find information about my classes and long-distance sessions or sessions in person at lastmaskcenter.org. And the Society of Shamanic Practitioners who sponsored our show today can be found at shaman, 
society.org. So again, Jonathan, thank you very much and um, have sweet dreams tonight. Thank you and have a wonderful day. And thank you, Jonathan. Blessings to all of you. Thank you.